Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome, everybody, to episode 14 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, joined today by my good friend and co-host, Joshua Rowe. How's it going, man? It's uh, Thursday, end of the week, lots of overtime, rainy, cold, tired. But now... It's, it's a great show. But now so. it's Star Wars time. To like, yeah, fuck all the overtime. <laughs> Man, you're getting the, the gonks out the way immediately. Yeah. So, like, I've actually been really excited to record today because we've got another fun one lined out. So go ahead and allow me to introduce this week's guest. A proud member of Jazz Nation. Everything you've heard about him is true. You know him from the Bad Motivators podcast. Let's all give a warm welcome to Dallas Wood. Oh, man. This is the greatest entrance ever. <laughs> I thought you liked that, man. <laughs> man, well, I, I was like that middle school kid when the chronic dropped. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. The most impressionable age. So oh, yeah. that is forever my music. Nice, man. Well, I figured you'd like that. You know, speaking of uh, Jazz Nation, you know, we're a couple of Kentucky boys, so, you know, we love our basketball over here, oh, too, Oh, yeah. Right? Grayson Allen, baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, on behalf of Big Blue Nation, I just wanted to say you're welcome for Enos Cantor, <laughs> Trey Lyles, Scott Padgett, and Melvin Turpin. Hey, I did <laughs> Scott Padgett's pest control once when I had this part-time pest control job. No shit. I'm not lying. I was spraying his bedroom, right? Like, and I saw on his nightstand right next to his nightstand was his stats in the game that he was like, just had like a journal, man, of like his stats right there. That's crazy. So what'd you I do mean, of it? course he did. Yeah. Did you take it? <laughs> I, I took, I, it was like really at a time where like the flip phones were like, you know, it was the Nokia brick phones, you know, oh, no. like you didn't take pictures with them. So I just was like, uh, you know, I mean, it, like I was one of those, I'm not stealing their stuff. You know what I mean? It's just a little mom and pop pest control company I was yeah, working yeah. for, you know, just making a few bucks, you know, on the side. And so I was just funny. It was just cool to meet him because he was a nice guy, but he totally like, you could tell he's like, man, this dude is so pissed. He's on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of our players ended up uh, spending a lot of times on the bench. Not many started too many games, but Hey, you know, plenty. So are of you guys just solidly Kentucky fans? Yeah. So well, like you're not speaking for myself. No, no, so so like you no. love Donovan Mitchell here though. Yeah, didn't he have a really good game yesterday? Oh, he had 30. I was in the stands. Yeah, the triple. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah man. L- Louisville this kid is like the the <laughs> best. I love him. But you know, like I get that rivalry. We have our own out, out here, but some it's more in football, not in basketball. Yeah, I hear you, man. Well, aside from the sports, we'll talk about that later, you and me for sure, man, because I could talk about basketball all damn day. Sweet. It's my favorite. Awesome. Well, as celebration approaches, guys, do you realize we're only 40 days out? Mm-hmm. That's, 
that's a month in like 10 days, right? Yeah, man. Holy shit. <laughs> like, I'm not even ready. Like, I, it hasn't even hit me yet. Like, I, my first celebration was actually uh, Orlando. So, like, I got, I don't, I didn't really know how to do it at the time. And now I have this great idea. I'm starting to plan my days out. What am I going to do here? When am I going to spend the night in fucking line? You know, <laughs> I just, I just can't wait, man. We got a couple of pretty cool announcements that uh, Ray Park, Matt Lanner, and Tia Sircar are going to be there. Sign autographs. Yeah. I what got my of... photo with Billy D. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah man. I'm, I don't know if your listeners know, but I'm a huge Lando guy. That's my jam. Oh, yeah. He's my dude. I, I'm a Boba Fett guy. Like, it's like a, a, a 1A, 1C thing because Lando takes up two spaces. So, what else at uh, Celebration are you looking forward to, man? Um, obviously, the episode nine panel. Like, that's the, for me, um, and the other one panel wise is definitely the 20th anniversary of, uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Can that's you believe crazy, that's going to be on a Monday? And I was, I was surprised. I'm cool with that. I was leaving I'm, Tuesday. So yeah, you know what? I'm there Tuesday to Tuesday too. So Damn. it's it, wise. Is this your guys's first? This is my second. You're okay. So you're, you're like me. You're like, okay, the first time dude, it just, I needed a couple recovery days on the outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't go back to work until three days after I got back. <laughs> I, I cannot do that. I'm closing a biz, small business for like one whole week and yeah, oh, I've already got my dad and my wife going, uh, can we do this? I'm like, I'm going to make it happen. Trust me. You have to make it happen. I mean, it, we didn't have one last year. Who knows when the next one's coming? So, yeah. Especially with like a big movie coming out too. It's Honestly, I hope they keep the every other year. It makes it a little more special and it's easier to manage for somebody like me because I want to go baller every time. And if it's every year, that's going to be rough. I'm going to have to go every other year in that case. And I Same don't know. That, yeah, that kind of becomes your big vacation. Yeah. Every year. But I mean, not that that's a bad thing. But yeah, the other uh, panel that got announced, I think it was today or yesterday, the Jedi Fallen Order game. That's, that's got I'm a panel to that, on man, uh, there's, Saturday. There's nothing to play right now yeah yeah i've been playing a lot of red dead redemption too oh dude i just picked picked that one up too it was on sale on the ps store you, oh. your personal time is over yeah yeah, yeah. I, I actually i pick up the controller and the next thing i know five hours has passed you're like man it, i'm just gonna find a perfect du- uh buck pelt and yeah. then the next thing you know you're like you're dude, halfway dude. in valentine doing bullshit train missions and then you're like two hours later you're like holy shit, i just killed some dudes camping by themselves and some deer that's all i did for two hours <laughs> time well spent <laughs> and if you if you're camping alone in red dead and i stumble upon you i will part you from your things and your life you're just, you're just <laughs> one of those dudes and i'm kind of disappointed because i beat it and i was like super evil the whole time yeah the ending sucked Oh, dude, I'm going to replay it and be like kind of in the middle, like try to be the Bindu of that game. You know what I'm saying? Um, the ending's a little better. See, I haven't played <laughs> it. Uh, well, I haven't finished it yet, but I've been doing trying to build up my honor stat. Stay on the honor stats if you want the good yeah. ending. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. The rest of them, especially if you're like four ed, I was pissed. Like that ending just made me so mad. <laughs> yeah, I was pissed about the evil being super evil ending. Yeah, that that friggin' blowed. Yeah, I was yeah. like kind of depressed for like a week, and then I was like, and a friend of mine, Steve, he's like, "Bro, you gotta, you, you just gotta go play the epilogue. You'll feel better." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, okay, that was fun. I had a good time with that. It was kind of monotonous, but I had a good time with it." Yeah, the uh, farming aspect kind of. 
Oh, blue. But once yeah. you got past that, it was like being in the uh, snow at the beginning. But hey, anyway, Star Wars podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, okay, I tell you what, we were actually going to talk a little bit about Resistance today. Like the last few episodes, we we usually try to do like a little Resistance recap on every episode, but it's kind of fallen back because we had some big episodes about Kanan and the Bendu, and that just took up way too much time and yeah. energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, let's see. We got a couple of emails I tell you what, what's that first one? Is that uh, is it from our buddy Keegan? He said, "Hey guys, it's been a minute since I've asked a question, and I wanted you guys to know I've been keeping up with the podcast, and I want you guys to keep them coming. I love it, and I talk about the show behind the chair with all of my Star Wars clients almost every day. Cool man, thanks. Yeah. So, in my opinion, on Star Wars Resistance, I feel like it's going to be hard to keep a show set in one central location." So I'm excited to see what happens with the Colossus as this show progresses. I really like Kaz, and I think he is an easily relatable character, and I think he has a bigger role in the Resistance. He just needs to work himself into it. I think Yeager is a cool character. I can't wait to see how his past with the Rebellion unfolds and what he can do for the Resistance. I feel like the whole crew at Yeager's shop will join the cause soon enough with a little bit of persuasion or until a few systems get blown up. I have a feeling Sonara the pirate has a good chance of being one of the biggest heroes of this show. I think she is a great character. Speaking of pirates, I can't wait to see my favorite one, the great Captain Hondo Onaga. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. I like all of the First Order action we are getting. Uh, Commander Pyre is super cool. I love that I can get my Poe Dameron itch scratched while watching the show. With that, I'm going to say I love all the voice actors on this show. A lot of big names and familiar voices. Aside from that, I feel like the story hasn't reached its full potential yet. And I'm not sure if this is because it's still in its first season or because Dave Filoni isn't as involved with this animation as he was with the others, or maybe even having to cut out some of the general Leia scenes because of the voice actor controversy. I'm all optimistic about the season finale, though. I have a feeling the plot is going to seriously thicken. To my memory, Star Wars Rebels had very few, if any, filler episodes, and that's what I expect from this show, and I have high hopes for this animation. I'm excited to see how it enhances the complex, beautiful story that is Star Wars. With that being said, after I send this email, I'm going to watch the latest episode I didn't see on Sunday. Can't wait to listen to the podcast and hear what you guys have to say about Star Wars Resistance. Have a good night, gang. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you too, man, and thanks. Guys, thoughts on what Keegan said about how the plot's going to thicken? They've definitely done a good job of growing this show like... A beautiful tree you know what i mean it hasn't like lost momentum and just gained momentum oh yeah so i feel like there will be a healthy probably a cliffhanger ending i would have to say because you know they this last episode you know they kind of set where the timeline definitely is oh yeah really yeah. close to last jedi so they're definitely gonna have to um change scenery i think for the second season or come up with a creative way to stay where they're at uh, dude, I'm guessing changing scenery because just with such a strong, stay there, yeah. yeah, with such a strong first order presence, it's, I just don't see it happening, but they are outer rim, right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's who Leia was banking on coming out and helping. So I don't know. It's interesting because like you think about what the Colossus is and it's, it's basically a fueling tanker depot. And that's yeah. why the first order is really Once working so, so hard. Like as we learned, like in the last episode, uh, like w- when you saw the red dots on that on the data rod that Kaz found, 
uh, that's a gigantic fleet. And of course they would want, right. You know, somewhere to stop and refuel or whatever. I don't know if, if they're going to be changing scenery, but yeah, it seems like it would be a good idea. I do enjoy the episodes wherever they go, like to different planets and stuff, like getting off there helped with that a lot, expanding the universe and kind of opening up everybody's uh, perspective of how like the Republic was viewed and separatist and all that. We'll probably get a lot of that in resistance too. Yeah. Because Tam is wearing me out. So hopefully she, (laughs) she figures some shit out. I can't stand her dude. I I like though. She's a reflection of uh, a lot of folks in society now. You know what I mean? Like she is definitely a mirror of a a type of personality you see in society. And so it's kind of interesting that they put that in that element in there, but it's, at least it's not boring. You know what I mean? If it's not your favorite, at least, it's not boring. I, I like it because it, it adds just a little bit of nuance to the show. It definitely makes it relatable, I think, to the to the viewer. Yeah, like, yeah there's because always there's always going to be somebody that, that has that opposing point of view that might seem so obviously correct. Flawed. A flaw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or whichever way you want to look at it, somebody feels the complete opposite way. It's crazy. So well, in we, life, I always find there's those folks that stay in their lane. And they like to hear things and they like to, to hang around things that sound great to them, true or not. And sometimes like a stone cold fact will come up in front of them. And since their flight or that creates fear and kind of goes against the norm or their comfort zone, they will find a way to skew that fact to the way they see that it's a benefit. So that you see a lot of that with, with Tam between Kaz and, Niku, you know, and Niku, he's like gullible. Like he's that yeah. friend that just he doesn't want to rock the boat. He's a peacemaker. You know what I mean? He's like, he brings the room up. Uh, he brings that positive energy and he doesn't want to be a contrarian. And so he's going with Tam to make her feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Honestly, I don't even feel like he's on board with Tam. I don't No, no, no. Exactly. Got, like, it's so weird. He's such a. Uh, he's fluid. Yeah. Yeah. People like I've seen people not like him, and I it's just like Jar Jar. Give him a chance, man. Man, it's cool to not like him, but I tell you what, me and my wife, we crack the f- up anytime Niku says anything. I like food. You probably like Silicon Valley too. Yeah, because <laughs> you've seen the, the the voice actor. He's on that show. Oh yeah, I haven't seen I've that. Never seen that. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's on HBO. It's fantastic. Three I seasons know. in now. There's some great actors on it. It's just great. Yeah, I'll check that out. It's about you know like tech companies and stuff. And I'm really like, I'm old enough. I don't get a lot of the lingo that they'll say, and I feel like it's right. still funny. Still enjoying it. But anyway, what a great episode too. By the way, um, I just feel like every single one is like not a letdown. It's that same energy and maybe a little something extra. Like they just do a good job of not stringing us along so much as they give us enough of what we want, but not too much that we want to keep coming back. It's uh, the buildup is getting it's each episode is just better and better and better. And there it's it's um, it's a progression of the story in different light. I think like each one's a little bit darker. Yeah, it's uh, like Rebels took forever. The whole first season. I have a love hate relationship with rebels. I I really do. There's a lot I love about it and a lot I hate about it. 
like Attack of the Clones. That's my least favorite prequel. But there's some awesome Star Wars in it, but some terrible Star Wars in it. I think, <laughs> you know I think I mean? we both agree with you on that one. Yes. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? But I, I get why people love it. And I always want people to love what they love. That's one of the things I love about Star Wars fandom is everybody has like the thing that they just really dig. Yeah. And we were just saying this today at lunch. I was having lunch today in town with, with some friends that are all from all parts of the world. And everybody's got like their favorite thing. I'm like, you like X-Wings and I love Lando and he loves Rogue One. and You know what I mean? It was just like, it's kind of a, you know, it was like the United Nations of Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that at all. I got a friend, Claire. She's really into Salacious Crumb, almost to like a disturbing level. But Seriously? I love that she's into that. Coaxium monkey lizards, man. Love, uh, love yeah. them or hate them. Hate them. Poe hates them. Yes, he does. Did he Did he fucking kill that one? Yeah, he did. It was off do. screen, man. <laughs> they do a good job of like leading us on to know what we think happened. And yeah. we, can pretty, <laughs> we can be pretty sure he smoked that dude. Oh, you know he did. It just fell. His face, though. <laughs> Look, the, the, the monkey lizard had a gun. He had a blaster. Yeah. You got to shoot that thing. Yeah, Dude, that's no... self-defense, bro. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Or was... stand your ground, motherfucker. <laughs> it was not a hate crime. <laughs> oh, they were not in a 7-Eleven parking lot randomly shooting each other. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just for yeah. the record, if you want to do something fun, once a month when there's not a serious newsworthy thing going on in Florida, like it hasn't been like no craziness there, like a storm or whatever, just type in Florida and Google and hit news. And just like see how long it takes to find the craziest shit you've ever heard of. Oh, dude, that's why I follow the Kentucky news, man. People are stealing. Like, are you telling me I need to do the same thing with Kentucky? Yeah, dude. You do. Yeah, uh, WKYT, and you'll find out about people stealing. I just feel like I've been to Kentucky. I just don't feel like it. I feel like it gets a worse rap than it deserves. I think. I think I that. Um, man, uh, it depends on what part of Kentucky. I live I, mean, in, I live in the city, honest. man, and, and some of the country folk around here really make me scratch my head. <laughs> sure, man. I mean, there's always that dude that never wears a shirt or shoes. Everywhere you go. Yeah. Or like he got the mullet haircut in 81, and it's still going for him in his mind. Oh, dude, mullets are bomb. Right? I used to go to a website when the internet was very young called Mullet Hunter. Yes. And we would... We would yeah. take pictures and like upload them and they would take fucking forever to upload. That's hilarious because uh, I was in the army for a little while. Uh, eight years is nothing, but <laughs> that's, <I'm> that's a, <laughs> not a little while. That was a lot of while. Uh, <laughs> Let's do chores, bro. <laughs> it was a nightmare. <laughs> but um, the one friend I had was from Utah and he showed me mullet hunter. So that's kind of funny. That dude, it was a yeah. thing here. Like people here would just keep them forever. And you'd just be like, your uncle would have one. And he'd be like, dude, white snake has not been popular for a minute. Depends on who you are. But I, I mean, know. now it's fun because like it's come back around. It, you know what I'm saying? Like anything from the eighties is fun. Yeah. Even George Strait. Remember that? <laughs> Ricky Skaggs. My mom was into country when I was a kid. So I know all these trashy country music stations. <laughs> old dudes from you know, like the early days of the country version of MTV what about Dwight Yoakam. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Guitars and Cadillac. Can we us on this show? Yeah, what what we what we do is we uh we bleep it out with a gonk droid. So you're good. Oh, dude, I got to tell my buddy Aaron in Oklahoma. Yeah. Cuz he is a gonk gonk droid sexual, man. Like huh. Dude, yeah, he's, he's, he's not gonna, he's shit. not going to make 5 minutes on this show then. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> in my pants. <laughs> so let's move on to uh we get we got one last email and then we'll dive into a little more resistance talk. All right. Why not? Why not? Uh John Orm from uh my Star Wars Loft Up. Oh Johnny. Yeah. Our buddy, he was on our last episode actually. Right on, man. He's Super. been a long time listener to my show, man, and I appreciate anybody who listens to my show because like I feel like we're terrible, but everybody says we're good. <laughs> uh, he's super, super guy. Um, he's a great dude. Says, uh, "Hey guys, hope you're doing well. Finally caught up with resistance, but now an episode begins again. Really loving how close we are to uh, TFA now, and can't wait to see how far into the cinematic timeline we get by the end of the series. I have a feeling that we could even reach the end of TLJ and the timeline, given the two-parter at the end of the season." I really love the Poe Kaz episode from last week. So yeah, he's a full week behind. Uh, the episodes with Poe really cement him as my favorite new character in the sequel era. My big question though, where does Poe, where does the Poe comic series fit in with the timeline? I haven't finished the run, but given the fact that BB-8 has spent six months or around about on the Colossus and the comics were all about finding Laura Santeca, does it feel a bit cluttered? Cheers, Johnny. And we got to check him out on my Star Wars Life Debt if you're into Star Wars podcasts. Like, I don't know why you would be here. (laughs) (laughs) So he brings up an interesting point about like, so he's talking about how General Leia says, okay, I've got a mission for you, Poe. I need you to come go to Jakku. Yeah. And the beginning of that Poe Dameron comic series is is more, I I haven't finished it either. Have you, Dallas? The Poe Dameron comic? Yeah. Yeah. I actually am waiting. I'm way behind because I'm reading it through Marvel Unlimited. Got you. Like I'm, so they're I'm a still, little bit behind. You know, like I think they're six months behind. Shoot. Yeah, I think we're. I think I'm even further behind you. But I've never it, started. If I remember correctly, then I won't spoil it for you. The beginning is 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 basically in the first issue. You find out that she wants you wants Poe to uh, form Black Squadron. Yeah, and uh, find Lore Santeca. But it's kind of like. Uh, a big jumping around, like trying to find him. You get there, but he just left kind of thing. Right. And so I get, I get what Johnny's saying about it be seeming like it might be a little bit cluttered, but I'd have to look at a Canon timeline to figure out whereabouts because, because BB eight went with Poe like once or twice before, didn't he? Wasn't he like gone for a little bit? Yeah. And the pacing of resistance seems like it's actually like maybe a week or two between episodes. Sometimes is what it feels it's like not longer. We, what do you think yeah. about that? Like those, uh, the two kids that they found and they're living with the turtle people. The the they, kids from Tahar. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty much established down there now. So, I mean, yeah. it's been some time and that's only been a few episodes ago. So. Yeah. I feel like those kids, uh, what happened to their planet is like what happened to Rose Tico's planet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's, let's go ahead and jump in into the, those episodes then a little bit. Cause like, I don't, you guys probably picked up on this really like immediately, but the episode, I think it was 16 or 17, the, the one before last where, where Poe and Kaz like hop in the X so wings. The cord out planets. Yeah. yeah. Core problem. Yeah. That was, a, that was a freaking great episode. It was amazing. And, but like whenever they get to that little planet, that's all iced over and stuff like the, the sun's obviously, we know where that sun went. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but Looking up on that temple, I was thinking about it at work before I rewatched it, and I was like, "I want to see that temple again." And I paused it, and I looked at the big old symbol up on the on the temple, uh-huh. 
And I'll be damned. I went back to the Children of Tehar, episode five or four, five, six, what, whatever the hell it was. Whatever it is. Yeah. I, I know it's kind of an argument between us about what episode it is, but it's the same damn symbol as what was on the bracelet of the Tehar of Kel, the Tehar child. Yeah. So that planet, it didn't hit me at first. That's Tehar. Yeah. More Holy than crap. It, I mean, it has to be. It's, yeah. That's it. That's cool, huh? So here's here's where my mind went with that and, and go on this ride with me. They said Kylo Ren brought the First Order and did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that might be the temple that was in the Force back in the, the Force Awakens, in Rey's Force back? Like you can just kind of see it off in the distance as you, the first time we see the Knights of Ren. Is that what we're calling like the flashback things? The force back? I've heard Her it called vision. that. I didn't know. That's I, I just call it Ray's vision. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, yeah. That. The vision. We don't know if Whatever it's a back or a forward or a what. We'll find out hopefully. So with Kylo and he's got like the Knights of Ren behind him. It's raining and all that shit. That yes. One, dude, it could be. It looks like it could be a ship or it could be it could be a temple. But then you see like, you know, the Luke Skywalker's temple that he's watching burn next to R2. We can't really make out what it is, but who's to say it's not Tehar? Poetry and imagery, maybe, with that, temple to temple. I mean, there are a lot, like Poe says, there's lots of temples that, you know, are spread around the Outer Rim. So it it may not be, but if they're trying to connect the Resistance show to the movies, why not? that would be a really, really cool fucking thing. Very easy. Yeah. I feel like that's what they're trying to do with the show. Yeah. I, when they when they do things in that era between A New Hope and Revenge of the Sith, it feels more like they have to connect more dots because of so much canon in that era. But when they do a show like this, you can see the freedom they have. Oh, dude, it's so easy because it's in a, it's a short ass timeline. Yeah, it's great. I mean, if they don't do this show very long, I will be disappointed, but I don't blame them for not continuing it. But uh, one of the biggest issues I had with Rebels was they would do some really heavy episodes and then you would just get Jump. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, for like four and then you, and especially season two. But the, the thing about this one, I just feel like we can just get a great satisfaction out of wherever this goes. Like it's, it's going to feel satisfying no matter what, because it's not connected to anything. Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying because we don't have a lot of lore as far as this new sequel trilogy. It's, we're just kind of coming into it with rebels. There was a lot of other crap going on. So yeah, I think they had to work, too many things out to get each episode or not step on timeline toes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just, I was just thinking about this the other day, all the stuff I've been mentioning and that's why I'm bringing it up. Cause I'm just like, man, the show has just got endless potential and they can't really disappoint us. And it feels like anything, anytime they introduce us to somebody or something, I mean, there's people who are digging, Niku, like we were talking about. And then um, you mentioned, um, oh, I always forget her name, but she was the spy for the pirates. Sonara. 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 I really dig her character. I like Even her. Even though she has, like, you know, there's a couple lame, like, plot points they chose to, you know, in the writing just to kind of move the story along for that episode. That's kind of dumb. But, like, every character's got that. So, yeah. no complaints. You know what I'm saying? But. She's going to be an interest. I, I I didn't even think about it when he, when he who was it was the emailer that brought up uh, her maybe coming back and doing something really heroic 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I had never thought of that. That's awesome. That's a great thought. Yeah, her heart is definitely in two different places after she met back up with um, the pirate crew. Yeah, big episode for her. Yeah, so I mean, there's well, yeah, she, and, this and, is not the end of her for sure. And Kaz pretty much told her without spelling it completely out that he knew what food. she was up to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good luck with your food. Good luck with your food. And what's funny is uh, he. It's, uh, what I like about that interaction between them and that we know he knows and she now, you know, she sort of knows that he knows is it shows that he's still a good dude. Like, I don't think they show characters like being forgiving enough. You know what I mean? It's like, very it uh, kinda, polarizing. It, exactly. It shows, hey, you should look at context and everything in life before you make a judgment. Well, and they're kind of hitting on that within uh, The Last Jedi with uh, – Ray and Kylo, like she's yeah. ready to trust him. He's a d- he, he's got some. We know he is. He killed on Yeah, like from that point, <laughs> and he on, didn't feel better. No, I hope he. And he just got worse. But I mean, if you kill Han Solo, you're not going to feel better about it. No, he's got some mental health issues, and she's still trying to relate to him. So I like this uh, this new dynamic. Yeah, because we only saw we only got that from Luke, honestly. With with the with way Vader. he dealt with Darth Vader, yeah, yeah, that's it. Everybody else is like murder machine, and he's like, "Daddy, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come like, back." Remember the look on Leia's face when they're having that conversation in the Ewok village? Yeah, your father, and she's like, "Oh, fuck. oh my god, he tortured." And me. then we have that <laughs> moment in Bloodline when the universe finds out. Oh man, that was such a good book. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm so, sure ready, so ready for the uh, Master and Apprentice. Oh, man. Yeah, man. Full you think rage. we'll get a celebration exclusive of that? Even though it comes out the day after? Uh, be stupid not to. I agree. That's yeah. bad business sense, I think. Yeah. If they didn't. I can't wait to meet her. She wasn't at the last one. So, like, if you go to Celebration, you know the book's coming out. And the book is there. But it's not released to the public yet. Would you buy a copy? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be like a special, like San Diego Comic-Con kind of covers. Yeah. I maybe. actually, I don't know if you've seen my Thrawn cover. I have. That's that's that. a Celebration exclusive cover. The one in bubble wrap? Yeah, it's actually in bubble wrap on my shelf. <laughs> my, uh, my 13-year-old loves Thrawn. He loves those books. He is just, I can't wait for the new one. Yeah, Dad, treason. And I'm like, yes, I am excited for that too. But I'm the audiobook guy just because i that's my life. I just have too much going on to be sitting down and reading and I want to consume yeah. all of it. So I happen to do a lot of road trips for work, five-hour drives, you know what I mean? And it's oh, perfect. perfect for me. Yeah, man. I I consume most of my novels that way. Mark Thompson is Thrawn to me. Um, when I met him at Orlando Celebration, I regret not getting his autograph. And he was acting like as big a fan as we were. I that think was he, is. he was in line with like the last Jedi. Well, it was just nuts for that last Jedi panel line. You know what's so funny is like you and I had the exact same interaction with Mark Thompson. If that's the case, man, because it's like I hadn't listened to that audiobook yet, and I was just like I met him there, and I I did the quiz and I got the pin and stuff, and I was like, man, it's nice to meet you. I love your stuff, but I hadn't heard him do Thrawn yet, and now. Mm-hmm. I have to have his autograph. I'm going to buy a physical copy of both of the audiobooks and have him sign those too. Yeah. Like he I want I would love if he could be the voice of Thrawn from here on out. 
But, you know, we get uh, Mads Mikkelsen's yeah. Lars. And he does good in Rebels. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. man, it's Mark Thompson. Oh, dude. He, he I agree a thousand percent. And it's not because I don't think he had, like, the first crack at it. It's just just the delivery is spot I don't think on. people understand how voice acting is a craft. Oh, every bit of it. Yeah. I, you know, I know some people that can really, really could have got into it. And I just like, man, you have that talent and they don't realize it because nobody realizes, you know, Mel Blank was a God (laughs) and guys like Mark Thompson aren't growing on trees. No, at all. I think even Timothy Zahn was at a panel one time and gave him the endorsement as like, yeah, that that's the voice that I wanted. In fact, he's one of the few people I know that can pronounce rural correctly, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's a talent, man. I just, I'm Jim, Jim Dale's not a bad audio book performer either, but, uh, yeah, I would be okay with Mark doing everything. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. I I struggled with the Ahsoka novel for the record. Uh, Ashley Eckstein is a great Ahsoka for Ahsoka. Yeah. And then she did the other voices and I went, Oh, they should have two people do this. Uh, Totally agree. I loved last shot, but I had to read it because when we had, you know, our boy, Daniel, uh, Jose Alder, you know, doing the, Lando parts, you know, when it was like supposed to be like older Lando, I was like, oh, Mark Thompson's so much better, bro. Just like let him do those parts, please. <laughs> I couldn't finish it. I just finally had to read it, read it. No kidding. Did, did you yeah, listen man. to that one, Josh? Because yes, I, I read I read the book. Rough, yeah, bro. I listened to it. It was uh it was a lot. And then you had uh was it January um yeah, and yeah. she was January she was LeBoy. all right. Yeah. She was all right. I, I I was fine with it. I it was just like, man, I loved the, your book. Just don't do that part, and this audio book would have been perfect. So that was actually the first audio book that I've actually heard of them being multiple narrators. So that's kind of a new thing to me. I I but yeah, I think Ahsoka could have benefited from that because it felt like I don't know if uh, what the the pirates one that Jim Cummings is doing uh-huh. with uh, Hondo Onaka. It's mm-hmm. like all him telling that story. It felt like Ahsoka was telling the story. Yeah. Which I didn't mind. But yeah, I think yeah, totally I think you're right. It. It, it could have benefited from more. Well, just anybody saying like this character's voice, that's fine. It, Ashley could have narrated the whole thing. It's just she doesn't do a male part well. But her voice. Yeah, is so, I mean, there's no shame in that. No. You know what I mean? Like, and there's some women who can do teenage boys and and boys in general better than a male would ever be able to do it so there's no shame in staying in your lane and voice acting right yeah because i mean a full-grown dude has got such a deep register that you it's hard to go back on you can always there's just a lot of male parts in that book it just that it it throws you off yeah you know one thing i was wanting to i guess i could ask mark thompson when i see him uh do you think that he's probably not gonna kiss you (laughs) I am not into you that way, Kaz. <laughs> I do not feel the same way. No, I was going to ask him, like, do you, do you think that, uh, do you, do you read like nonstop from beginning to end? Or do you do one voice cut, take a breath, get a drink of water and then do like your you next voice. yourself into a different character. Or, or do you just sit there and read nonstop for like 20 minutes and hop from character to character? Cause if so, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. So we'll find out. That's something I would like to know. How he- I'm definitely, if he's there, I'm definitely going to make a point to see him again. Oh, no doubt. 
No doubt at all. I'm glad you guys like, I didn't realize you guys liked the books that much. Uh, really we, into books. we love yeah. it all, man. Yeah. yeah we're, I'm really into the comics and books. These uh, Age of the Old Republic. They're awesome. Fantastic. I got the last two to read. I I haven't started them. I purchased them, but I'm, I might be going out of town on business next week. So I like to read comics because I'm not with my family. So I try to distract myself with you know, oh, I'm not with them. You know, even though you say, oh, I need a break, but you know, you know. alone in the hotel, yeah. hotel room, it's easier to read comics. Yeah. Than think about how you're not, you're alone in a hotel room. <laughs> Did that lie for like four years? It sucked. Um, I, I only have to do it once a month and, and it is sometimes a nice break, but in the summertime, it's a lot better because I can go to the spa. And, you know, get, you can occupy hot, yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Drink beer in the spa. <laughs> Who doesn't <laughs> want to do that? Listen to an audio book. I do that. <laughs> That's the life. So let me ask you guys a quick question because uh, something just came to mind uh, thinking about the resistance again. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that kind of blew my mind in that one episode where Kaz put on the stormtrooper armor. Yeah. Is the dude that kept, you know, that Niku kept giving a concussion to <laughs> a CS 515. Oh, oh that was hilarious. Recalibrating. <laughs> but yeah, they, they dropped something new to us in star Wars, the fact that they can basically do what they called a brain scrape. Yep. Which is like a yeah. mind wipe for droids, but on organic humans, humans or humanoids. What the fuck is that? And they're not clones. These are just like indoctrinated well, people. Well, think about it. Uh, if you're going to have hyperspace technology, wouldn't like some alien race or human race on some planet figured out how to manipulate the synapses in your mind? Of course. So it's not, you know, you're already saying laser swords and shit. might as well go all out that there's basically a technology <laughs> can make you fucking forget shit. Yeah, no doubt. I just think it's, it's just, I don't know why the first order and their crazy tactics continue to just shock me. It's like they're <laughs> well, in Hux said, you know, Hux and I think there was a novel where Huck, I think it was Phasma maybe, but they said their technology, they, he believes in their technology. Yeah, it was Phasma. Hux played a lot. Yeah, he played a lot of roles in that novel. More Another than great novel. Another great one. Yeah. It's like the First Order is like the very worst parts of the Empire. Exactly. And it's also like, um, it's like your 50-year-old uncle that has a flip phone that can't tech. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but they can. It's, <laughs> it's like. It's weird. It's weird. Like, they, they can't, they can't drill sergeant. You know, like yeah. you see it with Kennedy. And if you read about Captain Kennedy and the dreadnought, if you read in the uh, digital, what is it? The Pablo Hidalgo always puts out the visual guide. Uh, he mentions in there that he's really like pissed that he doesn't have discipline in the ranks. Oh, so yeah. when he's yelling about five bloody minutes ago, you know, yeah. like that's a direct like context that he's an old empire officer and these guys are, they got all the technology, but they're half assing it. It's, they're a bunch of kids. It's like, our, yeah, and I hate to do this and nobody probably knows what I'm talking about, but it's, it's army air force. <laughs> I was army. Um, we're hardcore shoot, blow it up and forget all the other niceties. And the air force is sitting everywhere. Like we got a drone. That's cool. Right. That's pretty neat. It's just, it's totally different. So you think Kennedy is probably just in the wrong position? Yes. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. He's old school. He's that old crusty Marine that <laughs> just yells at everybody. In the and, Navy. Yeah. And these, <laughs> these guys are, this first order is just, they're young. Honestly, they're very young. It shows how 
the experience that Leia brings to the resistance up until the, the events of last Jedi Mm. where she could take such small resources and create this big problem. I mean, for the first order, like in the last Jedi and, and at, you know, halfway through the force awakens you, you really realize how much of a problem the resistance has been for them. And they're, they're when they show up on Taco Dono, they blast the hell out of that place. Yeah. Yeah. That was an angry attack. They could have went, I mean, strategically it, they could have done the same, had the same results with a whole lot less, um, I don't know, ferocity, but it almost felt uh, emotional the way they attack things. Yeah. Like they were just like so they had pissed. seen what they were up to. Yeah. Like, you know, probably what it felt like after nine 11 for folks in the military. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was like that yeah. kind of ferocity. Like, um, Baghdad in April. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it was nonstop four days worth of, uh, round the clock air bombings. Um, do you remember the short series generation kill on HBO? Yeah. I had a friend that was in that regimen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's all. Awesome. He's like, you got to watch this. And he's like, cause it's exactly how it went down. Yes. We were wearing fucking depends in the desert. Cause you were nonstop. Yep. They were just go and Humvees that weren't armored. Just go, 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 go. Yeah. And like, those things are susceptible. Like you would be like, surprised. We, we should have taken care of. <laughs> Crazy, but they weren't equipped for it, man. No, not at all. Crazy, like big piles of munitions and shit. should have secured it. Yeah, nuts. but it didn't not stuff, not stuff, but not what we're talking about. <laughs> so let me let me pose this question to you guys. So going back to the the core problem, mm-hmm. when you yeah. saw that one planet that was actually kind of perfectly cored down the middle, yeah, did that put in your mind that there might be other star killers, star killer bases? No, no. no? Do you think that it could have been like, because it didn't look like it was cored all the way through, kind of like how Star Killer Base was? I was thinking that like it could have been a test which led to the Star Killer Base because you, you think that that the episode where we found out about um, that drill um, that that one guy that was aligned with the First Order, I forget what his name was, but it was it was two core out planets for mining. Yeah, that's ultimately what created Star Killer Base. So maybe. This maybe they were trying to amass. I don't know. I'm just like a test field. I, I just don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that there are other planet s- sun sucking planets out there. Um, I don't think that works because I believe they said that that was a a long achievement for the first order. Like it was a long grown. It took them a long time to achieve Star Killer, so it was a huge hit. So the events of the last Jedi is that's why they're coming so hard and fast back at the resistance. So that court, that, that, yeah. So I feel I feel like it's more the practice for the Star Killer. Okay, that makes that does make sense. Or even this, and, and, and really at that point they might be using the same device to get their minerals for their fleet. That's what I was thinking. Because look at the supremacy. It was uh, like you found out factory. in factory. Yeah, it's a fully operational and functional um base it's a mobile base it, in it ship builds form. star destroyers yeah it think about that it builds star destroyers they're turning yeah. them out yeah so they need to mine whole star systems to get that much but but 
that would explain two things. That solves two problems that we don't know about, really, if you think about it. Where do they get all their materials to build all these giant ships and Starkiller? And also, how did they create Starkiller? So they clearly have a big mining machine that they're using dual purpose for resources, and they used it. It also helped them determine how they needed to mine the planet they had decided to create um, Starkiller. What's crazy about Starkiller is, is if you think about the Death Star, Starkiller is a little more evil than the Death Star because it doesn't have to really move very far. To, no, and it can Because its shots are hyperspace. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. Well, they can track in hyperspace too, so maybe the maybe being out in the Western Reaches has taught these people some crazy stuff. I mean, it's, that's the interesting thing about the new canon is we can just kind of go, wow, that's neat. Yeah. How did they do that? From the unknown regions, we don't know. And the navigators. That's the that's new no forest. Good. It's the forest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Western Reaches. <laughs> Wild space. Eli um, Vanto. Oh, man, I loved him. So I'm pretty excited about Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Yeah. And I have, I'm, I'm really hoping that it's all about the Chiss Ascendancy, man. Yeah. Or not all about it, but at least has Something, it as a part yeah. of a part about it to where it's like, we finally go into the unknown regions because wasn't that, wasn't that trilogy touted to be like about characters and locations that we've, we've never, never seen, seen before. before. Yeah. So why not, why not bring Eli Vanto back with the Chiss Ascendancy in tow? Probably with the giant threat that they aligned with the empire What's to that? fight on their tail. That would be a whole new threat. Yeah. Especially closing out the, the Skywalker saga because yeah. that's very eccentric, especially to like the core planets and stuff. Like that's just, it's small in comparison. Um, Then a galactic wide threat that nobody knows about. So the book's wide open and look how well received Thrawn was. Like his books are selling crazy. Like everybody loves that. <laughs> Why not? What do you think, Dallas? I like that idea, but I'm still in the hope for the <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic type movies. Oh, like going further back. back. Yeah, that's cool. Go too. back to the beginnings, or maybe the first Jedi. Eric Strathers and I have talked about this like endlessly. We're like, oh, dude, what if we saw him like first hyperspace? Like, what happens? You know, what if they see the first Sith? You know, what if we get to see all that? That'd be awesome too. Just them saying it's something we've never seen about characters we've never seen. Just that alone. I think we'll be satisfied really based on his previous work. I've got nothing but faith in the Lucasfilm story group. So, I mean, whatever the hell they throw at me, I'm probably going to like it. It'd be hard not to. At this point. <laughs> I feel like they know what they're going to make money on. Like you think about the last Jedi and the budget Ryan Johnson had. I mean, if you saw the director's, you know, the, that documentary about the making mm-hmm. and they show him get that sea cow, they built that sea cow. It was not CGI. <laughs> Helicoptered that bitch out to a freaking island and parked it. That was hilarious watching that thing get flown off on, on, on that line. Oh, my God. <laughs> what I can't remember is, is there's this scene between him and Ram, the producer, where he's signing off on the final budget. Yeah. And they're having a conversation like, don't get used to that. <laughs> and I'm like, I think they just gave this dude the wallet and just said, go. Have a great night. Enjoy. Enjoy, your- sir. Yeah. You know, if you run into problems, let us know. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> I know a lot of people hate that movie, and I still don't understand it. But man, I don't think it's a lot. Yeah. Okay. So I know, I know people 
do hate it and I just can't understand it. I mean, aside from it just not being your cup of tea, I think that that movie was incredible, man. And it's no wonder that they put so much faith in him and give him a whole trilogy after that. I loved it. I loved it. It was, uh, it's new storytelling. We got to watch Leia do four shit and there's, uh, character dynamics that we needed because there's a bunch of people standing around in the background that nobody knew who the hell they were. Cause it's a sequel saga. Um, Snoke, you got into his psyche. It's, you got to watch Kylo and all the doubts Ray's trying to find her journey. And I know Luke died, but I love the way Luke went out. Yeah. Dude, me too. That was perfect. Stunning. Yeah. And John Williams' uh, score for that, looking into the Twin Suns, that's, uh, what was it, Farewell and something? That was awesome. Fate and Farewell or something. I've got it in my... And then he just, like, goes out Yoda style. Yeah, Yeah. just disappears. You you feel like that's the moment, as a Jedi, he reached, like... That was the pinnacle. he he went into that living force. Yeah. Yes. No doubt about it. That was. And you guys have noticed they're splitting the force. Big. Even not even in the light and dark, they're splitting it in a different way. Now. Cosmic you have the cosmic force and the living force. Oh yeah. Thankful for the Bindu. Yeah. Ooh. And so like, even though Luke Skywalker closed himself off from the force for a short amount of time, mm. um, leading up to the last Jedi, he had, decades probably to talk to Yoda and learn about the wills and all that stuff that, that Qui-Gon taught him stuff that was taught to Obi-Wan to continue on to have that force ghost. So that's really exciting for episode nine so to see it. him as that force ghost. How about this? I just freaking hit. Like I've never tied these two strings together. He closed himself off from the force, but what was that about? Like, did he, he wanted to die. Did he not want to, cause you know, he's had the training, right? If he's up to this point, he's been closed off to the force. So obviously he knew what was going on and how to become one with the cosmic force. Did he close it off in hopes to not do that? Was he going through like some crazy midlife depression? I think, yes. I think he was like genuinely just distraught and acting out. Like we were talking about Kylo having mental health issues. I feel like he got broken for that moment and had to snap out of it. I think he really did want to die and die without continuing on the legendary Luke Skywalker yeah. legacy. That's some serious depression. What do you think, Dallas? Well, did you guys uh, read the Journey to the Last Jedi with the Luke Skywalker story? The the Legends one? The, um, not the Legends, but the Legend of Luke Skywalker, the Red Book? Yeah, 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 yeah the Red Book. I, I haven't finished yet. it. Oh, you got to, because what you're talking about is related to some of the things in that book. Right, okay. Well, 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 we're on there. Yeah. We'll do that. <laughs> well, soon. There's a four. You know, the part I'm specifically referring to is he ends up going inside of like a giant space creature that people haven't been able to find themselves. It's really EU, which it's like goofy EU, which I like yeah. kind of. So some people don't like this book because of this part, but I actually kind of enjoyed that part of it because it was so weird and cosmic forcey. And we need more of that. I think. But, you know what I mean? And and he finds these force beings that are trapped in these cocoons and how they've been reaching out across the cosmos. What? So he learned that fight against Kylo from being trapped. Just read it. I don't want to spoil okay, it. Okay. Yeah. 
That's awesome. You guys got to read that book. It will definitely sew up some stuff. Also, a connection that came to me recently was from A New Hope. We see we meet a young Luke Skywalker who's been on Tatooine his whole life. And his one thing, only thing he wants to do is go have a venture. Yeah. But he gets re- immediately wrapped up in becoming a Jedi and the rebellion all at once. So he doesn't he does that sort of, but he really doesn't get to do what he dreamed as a boy. And so once the Empire was defeated and he was out looking for the artifacts, that's when he got to live the dream as a farm boy. Right. So anyone disappointed in the last Jedi because he didn't wasn't Luke Skywalker to them because he wasn't blah blah blah. You know what? You got another character. Life isn't that way, and this guy still got everything you wanted. You just got to read all the canon, you schlubs. <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, Royal Farm Boy Anthony and I talked yesterday for I think over an hour on the phone. Right on. And that uh, that popped up. Like, how can you be a fan of something? And not want more like Pete and I, we've talked about this quite a bit as my stance on it is either all in or you're not. And as a fan, I watch all the animations. I read the books. We got the comics, uh, just every little thing of star Wars that I can get. I want to know more about it. It enlightens me to know more about it. So I don't understand how people can be cool with just watching the movies or whatever. And we kind of come up to this discussion as there's people who, are only able to go down and open so many boxes without being distracted by something else as sports or Game of Thrones or, you know, whatever. So I think that has a lot to do with the uh, negatives on The Last Jedi. Yeah, I I pointed out a couple things to some naysayers about The Last Jedi, like at work, where they were like, what's up with, like, the Mary Poppins Leia scene is what they would call it. Yeah. And I, and then I was like, well, if if you read the uh, extended novelization of, of it, you know, it explains that like she was tethering on using the force as a like tethering onto things to get back to the Mm. ship. And they're like, why should I have to read the book to understand a movie? Why wouldn't you want to? Why do you care that she used the force to get inside the ship? Exactly. Right. If you care that much, you should want to look into it. But I'm, at the end of I'm the day. I'm sorry that you snickered at this Mary <laughs> Poppins joke from the internet from a couple D-bags who are trying to make money on YouTube by being contrarian. That's it. That's it. It is it. And at the end of the day, you guys do you. But man, like I'm all in like you guys. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm trying to read everything. I've got a stack of comics I don't like, but I don't sit there and ruin my day about the thing I love because this one little thing I didn't like, there'll be stuff that I like. Yeah. And now I'm a person in a place because I've had to, you know, ignore that stuff. I just say now, you know what, if you love that and I don't awesome. That's so neat. Have a great time. Tell me what is it about this connected with you? That's what I'm interested in. Yeah. What do you like about it? That's the sort of thing I like to hear. And yeah, it's funny. Like when you were talking about Attack of the Clones earlier and you said that was the least favorite of the prequel trilogy for you, it's my least favorite of the entire series. series. Me too. Me too. And like, I just, here's the thing, man. Like, I focus on the things that I like about it. And it, it, it took me so long. Like, there was a time and it wasn't that many years ago where I was actually kind of a bit of a prequel naysayer, man. And I hate that. But the thing is, is like I learned to watch the movie and I, I don't know if it's just getting older, getting wiser. J- I don't know what it is, man. You just you just learn to not focus so much on the negative. And it's just it's just made this whole experience all the better. 
And I just, I mean, for me, for the prequels, I'm just like you, but the children watching it, and then it made sense. Yes. Absolutely. And then I love it. And now it's like I rewatch them probably more than the OT or sequels trilogy, to be honest. No kidding. In the last yeah. four months, I have to a lot. And now that we're getting close to that 20th for uh, Phantom Menace is my favorite prequel. Same. So yeah. that's, that's the thing about me is everybody loves the Revenge of the Sith. And I get it. For the longest time, that was mine. But now the nostalgia of that first movie in 20-something years from the original. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was that big gap of nothing. And here comes this movie that everybody was weirded out by. But you know what? Now as an adult, oh, God, it's some of the best. Like I love how memeable the uh, prequels are. And so like I will literally like – video sections and post on Twitter because something struck me funny in a certain way. That's what I love about the prequels. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. We need more of Qui-Gon Jinn. And Claudia Gray's bringing him here. Thank um, God. April 16th. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so ready for that. Eric was uh, telling me the other day, Eric Strothers, he's telling me the other day, he's like, hey, Man, I was thinking like, man, they should release that before celebration. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna read it and blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, remember and he's like, Yeah, <laughs> I thought I was gonna do that. Well, I think it was like Thrawn that came yeah. out. Yeah, for all everybody was like, Oh yeah, it's a great book. Yeah, well, we're a celebration, never mind. <laughs> 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 we get home and read it. That's kind of how it went down. So I'm kind of glad they're releasing it after. I guess, yeah. Like, I, I, it, it comes out on the sixteenth, right? right? Yeah, the very day after very day after that's when i'm flying out so i'll just listen to it on the plane there you go oh can't wait perfect so let's see i guess we got a little bit of time left uh we got what about that episode with the hype phase on getting captured and stuff now my co-hosts hate hype. they don't hate hype phase on they're not as big a fan of the hype phase on as i am but i'm a big scrubs fan so okay. donald, dude yeah. donald phase on yeah. is hilarious ezra <laughs> oh my that god that panel was hilarious hearing him in that panel with Dave Filoni where he says we know where it's happening they're looking for Ezra <laughs> Ezra <laughs> when Billy D. Williams showed up to the hospital on Scrubs and he kept saying yes. yeah. I, was, I was a fan after that I became a lifelong Donald Faison fan so he can have the weird voice as hype Faison Whatever. as much as he wants but we don't have enough of Greedo's species, whatever the hell he is. Rodian. Uh, Rodians, that's it. We don't have enough Rodians in Star Wars. I don't. I feel like there needs to be more. They're interesting looking. Well, we got that fat Rodian, Gleb. I like him. Did you know he's voiced by, by uh, D. Bradley Baker? No shit. He does a ton of the voices in this. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, even like. Uh, uh, we get Snaggletooths. We get all kinds of cool shit in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's- what about that blue. Uh, pedophile alien. Oh God! <laughs> you can stay oh, yeah, with man. me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Would be awesome if he had a Herbert from. Oh Family my God! Yes. Oh yeah! She got the creamy cams. <laughs> Look, Jesse, we got our Jesse's conversation started. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they don't. Who wants? All right, we're done. Oh, uh, I was going to do the roller quarter strapped to my thigh, man. You cut me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put a, st- a stopper on that one. <laughs> uh, 
So it's kind of cool to see uh, where Kaz is like beating on the door mm. with that meeting. And obviously Yeager's talking to Doza, right? Yeah. It's cool to mm-hmm. see Doza and Yeager finally jumping on board with the resistance in a way. Like we need to get out of this communications blanket, reach out to the uh, the resistance so we can get out of this freaking spider trap. You know what I found really interesting is they're in that room. And in the background, very prominently in the background, is Yeager's photos of him on the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. And Doza's just in there chilling. Yeah. Well, see, Doza was in the Empire, obviously. And I think it's interesting that he didn't... I think it's implied that he didn't stick with the Empire. I think he left the Empire before... They did say he left before it ended. Right. So he's naturally a good dude for that. Yeah. You got Yeager, who has issues but it's just it's just issues dude he's had a shit life yeah i mean your brother killed your wife and child and then by accident yeah well still yeah. it happened and, it, it, it's traumatic yeah absolutely i'd be shut off i'd be a d- i'd probably be in a worse place than he i managed would, to pull himself up to to be completely time. honest with yeah. you yeah my buddy luke seems to think that the big reveal is going to be that yeager is a bad guy i've heard i just don't i can't sell me that sauce yet no, i'm not i just don't it. see the evidence there yeah man snake oil. there's no way uh yeah right right well, he has a toy with bucket right yeah <laughs> <laughs> can't be bad bucket man that guy's awesome although there is there are anakin r2 toy packs and two packs oh yeah mm. uh, no but i'm i'm all on board with you man like eager i don't even think Doze is in on it like people i've heard people say that they think that eager and doza are in cahoots with the first order and I, that's kind of I think we're showing because Doza was ex-Imperial and we got that little subtlety closet piece. So having no knowledge of any like novels or bullshit, Doza was Empire. He was evil. And he's against the First Order because the First Order is bad. I think this just lighting the way for how actually evil the First Order is going to be. Like if you got an ex imperial thinking, man, this this place is jacked. How bad are they? You know, I think it's just selling that the, the first. It's a it's an interesting dichotomy that they have there. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, man. yeah, man, it's awesome. I, I this show is just not letting us down. Not yet. No, and better. Not. And I love the animation. I know there's some sections that I wish was a little bit tighter, and I think the next season they'll have the budget to because I think it's doing really well. It's new. It's just something yeah. new. And um, for me, as an old 90s anime fan, you know, oh, it's really? really Sailor Moon. Yeah. Oh, dude, we're yeah. going to get, a, we're going to be talking at Celebration. Hopefully you're down to have some beers <laughs> because, dude, oh, totally. I've got, I I've mean, got multiple bookshelves of just nothing but manga, like just hundreds right upon on. hundreds. <laughs> right on, right on. Dude, so guys, what do you guys think? Um, episode nine. I mean, at this point, I don't even know what to think anymore. Uh, I was thinking a big time skip, but they released that picture of. Oh, I haven't up. looked at any of the pictures. Don't tell me what it is. <laughs> I know the timeline. So what? I think they said the timeline. Really? I see. They? I've not checked that out. Hmm. I think it's a year. A, a year? year after last. Year. Okay, that's yeah. not bad. I was I was expecting it to be longer. Honestly, I thought it'd be a three year jump yeah. to five year. So I was with you there. Concrete and Ray into the uh, Jedi. I was actually talking to my wife about this last night about how the the last two movies are kind of just over like 
maybe like a two week period. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, they're they're close. I, I think it's about a month, right? Yeah. So we got to have a jump. Mm. And um, I just expected a bigger jump than what they're. I thought I did too, but I seem to remember somebody reporting that it's like a year. A year, yeah. I mean, because but think about it: the the resistance is decimated, and if you want to stay in that vein of the first order is some serious bad guys. What I mean, you've got Kylo Ren in that movie saying, you know, we need to kid at all. You know what I mean? And he's going after the resistance. Like what leads you to believe that he's going to let them grow over a five year period? Not at all. Cause he's angry and unstable. Yeah. Unstable. You know what I mean? So we need some time to pass so that they, there can be a big showdown or whatever, or, you know, like it'll be something like that. Good, bad, ugly sort of. Yeah. Just- and, the themes of these movies have been the light and dark rising. Yeah. And at a rapid pace. And who's to say that, you know, like the resistance's message did get out and inspired all these people that came out of the woodwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of like the rebellion. It's just a retelling. Yeah. yeah. And they've been calling themselves rebels by the end of the, so the film. Yeah, why not? Cause resistance is a much bigger word and who's going to start writing that shit. Down? Well, and, and you know, star Wars is all about the ring theories but who's to say the ring theories aren't shorter and, and a little more out of sequence. So that's what I like about the, this trilogy is when you see the things that match up with the prequel trilogy and, and then the things that match up with the original, like they're not, I felt like in the last Jedi, we got dynamics of empire and dynamics of Jedi in there. You know what I mean? There was things that matched up with those movies. Whereas the force awakens more or less matched up with a little bit of empire and a little bit of a new hope and some, you know, and there's some prequel stuff dusted in there. You know what I mean? But I like how they repeat the characters, repeat mistakes or the governments or whatever repeat, but in a different way and slightly off a different pace. We always start on a desert planet. Exactly. And we're going to end on a desert planet. I feel. Oh yeah. (laughs) Especially with the picture. So I don't know. Seems like it. Or, you know, I've said uh, that that could have been filmed out of sequence Ah. because they don't follow a script and like, hey, we're going to film the last part of the movie on the last day of shooting. You know, no, of course. So so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up. Yeah. More ways than one, too, with like the Skywalker line and all that other crap. Like this is a big movie. There's a lot to cover up, like or to 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 close up. You've got the. The rumor is three hours on That's this. That's what I've heard too. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have to be, right? Because you've so. got. Well, they right? almost have to give us half a movie worth of stuff extra that we would get in a normal trilogy closer. Right. Hmm. But Revenge of the Sith was long too. Yeah. Yeah. But not three hours. No, it was. But it was the longest. It was two and change for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, two, over two and a half. I want to say it's 235, yeah. right? Was, it was a long movie. I remember thinking I actually had to take a pee break in this one. Hmm. <laughs> It's okay. You watched it 20 more times uh, at least. Yeah. But did you get paid 10 bucks an hour to watch it? Like I had no, I didn't see this is a smart man. Yeah. <laughs> it just happened to work out that me, my brother-in-law at the time who we were friends in high school, he's like, man, I want to go see it. This because you remember back then movies started just around the time starting releasing on Thursdays yep. the night before. Yeah. He's like, dude, it's the theater's right down from your work and you work graveyard shifts as a security guard. Nobody will miss you. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so three hours later. Yep. And I was like, man, that was the best $30 I ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tangent City. No, no, it's all good. Oh, I cool. mean, that that's the nature of podcast, dude. 
<laughs> well, I tell you what, man, we've about hit our hour in Dallas, man. It's been awesome having you on, dude. I hope you've had as much oh, fun as us. I, I had a lot of fun. You guys do good work. Um, I'm going to subscribe and download, even though I probably won't get to it every week, but I am going to retweet and help you guys out because I believe in potting it forward. People helped my show get going, so I feel like everybody needs to get as many podcasts as they can in because it's fantastic content. Oh, man. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, like old, our buddy Roll Farm Boy always says, man, we're all in this together always. Yeah. And like it, the, the Star Wars yeah, podcast yeah. community is inspiring. It's mm-hmm. so cool, man. Like we all just become friends over time. And I love it. I love doing this. It's funny, like too, as you grow in it, you know, like uh, we're staying in an Airbnb with like 16 other people and we're calling it Echo Base. And it's like <laughs> all these people over the country and you know what i mean and we've got all these friends like hey, we can't stay with you can we come like oh don't worry we're gonna have you know it's gonna be fun that's awesome. don't worry that's so cool so man. be interesting to see if we have our joan hughes moment in, in illinois where they show up to the party and there's a kid trapped in a glass uh, coffee table <laughs> one can only hope oh no doubt if you know what i'm referencing you're awesome it'll be anthony there sometime somehow he'll make it from PA. <laughs> <laughs> how do Oh, man. <laughs> Who is this guy? So definitely, man. Let's meet up, have a couple of beers, have a good time, man. And um, For sure, man. I'll tell you what, sure. I'm sure most of our listeners already know about the Bad Motivators, but where can people find you on uh, social media in that? So they can follow the show at the bad underscore motivators, and they can find me at dwizzle1978, and that's with two Zs because I'm a big Snoop Dogg fan, obviously. <laughs> Dude, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, after you chose that intro song. <laughs> Perfect. It was great because I actually got to see Snoop Dogg two months ago for the first time. And it was, oh, it nice. was probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. And I wasn't, I, I didn't uh, even go for that. I went for Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> oh, dude, they're great too, man. You can't go wrong with either one of those. Bro. Dude, we're, I, I, I almost want Ice Cube, but I was like, uh, I'll go West Coast. Oh, man. Full West Coast. I, yeah. All good stuff, man. Yeah, we're going to get along, man. I'm looking forward to talking with you more, dude. And Oh, for sure. Anytime. Cool. So, like, you can find Jam Transmissions. Uh, join in this conversation with us, guys, at JTComlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, on Twitter. We're on Instagram, at Jam Transmissions. Send in some Comlink chatter to Comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, at JamTransmissions.com. We're on Facebook, and we've got the Patreon, too. Guys, it's been a ton of fun, but it's time to sign off. May the force be with you. Later.